You're listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Lord, we're so thankful, Father, that we get to be in this place today and freely worship you and freely serve you. Lord, and I pray that as we move forward in the service, Lord, our, our hearts would be softened to what you want to say to us, that we would be challenged and changed by you, Lord, and that we would not leave this place the same as when we showed up. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, my journey to Freedom Church was pretty interesting, okay? So I've been in, in some sort of ministry capacity for the last 10 years of my life, um, that's not saying much. I'm only 29, so, I, you know, right out of high school, I just kind of dove into it, okay? Uh, that was the route I chose. Um, and with that, there have been many years where I was seeking somebody to develop me. And when I came to Freedom Church, that was where I was at. I was, I was looking to be developed. I was looking for a, a mentor, a pastor, somebody that could see the things that God was doing in me, could see my strengths, could see my weaknesses and say, okay, so this is what we're going to do about it. That's what I was looking for. And when I came here, that's what I found in Jason. All right. I, w- I was on staff at another church prior and, you know, the, w- they were just not at a place where they could do that for me. And that's okay. Like, that s- ministries have their focuses, okay? The, the body of Christ is separated into different responsibilities. And for that church and the season that they're in, they just couldn't do that for me. And that's okay. N- no harm, no foul. I, I took that as a sign for me to move on to find a place that could do that for me. And I found freedom. And so you are in a church right now that cares about your development. It cares about your growth. It cares about your impact in the kingdom because we know that God has put good things in you for you to walk out. We know that. Come on, that should be an amen right there, okay? The more you talk to me, the faster I'll get through my message, okay? So like the, the more you communicate with me, all right? Okay, so just, just to, to let you guys know, all right? So God has put things in you, purpose-driven things in you that he wants to, to use you for. That is a good thing. That means your existence on this earth is not to go to waste. That means your life, every day when you wake up and you go to work and you do the different things that you do, that means that God is doing something in you to impact the people around you. And that is amazing. And so here at Freedom, we know that. And so because of that, we've established some core values around that. And that's the whole point of this sermon series is to address our core values, right? We want to to teach what our core values are. Because in one way or another, these core values is is kind of when you came in that first time, it's it's that that it factor that caused you to stick, that caused you to stay, that caused you to want to come back. It's these core values that we put an emphasis on. Okay, and so uh, number one in our core values is Jesus is our message. Number two, people are our priority. Number three, development is our focus. Number four, unity is our pursuit. Number five, team is our structure. Number six, excellence is our standard. And number 70, 70, geez. Number seven, I was looking at the word generosity and I combined the two, sorry. Uh, Number seven, generosity is our privilege. Okay, generosity is our privilege. And so 
over the last couple weeks, we've hit Jesus as our message. People are our priority. And so today we're in development as our focus. Development as our focus. As you heard Jason, he is all about development. He lives, eat, breathes, sleeps, development. He wants to see you developed into everything that God has for you. Right? Because I don't know about you, but I, I am the type of person that I know I can be better today than I was yesterday. I know there's something in me that drives me to say I can be better today than I was yesterday. See, we've already covered Jesus is our message and people are our priority. And we firmly believe that every one of these core values are paramount to authentic relationship, real experiences, and lasting freedom. Because that's what we're about here at Freedom Church. All these core values go back to authentic relationship, real experiences, and lasting freedom. We want you to have those three things. We want you to have a group of people in your life that when you're going through it, you can say, man, I am going through it. Stuff has really hit the fan, and I need you. And those people are there at the drop of a hat. That's what I love about my, my, my squad, my people, my group, is I can say, guys, I am on the edge today, and if somebody says one more thing, I'm going to, whoo, Jesus, <laughs> whoo, all right? <laughs> the Italian's going to come out. So um, Brandon's back there like, hey, anyways. Um, and so we also want you to have real experiences because we know that the experiences in your life that change you are not emotional ones. They are experiences that you can sit there and process and go through difficult things with real people in those authentic relationships and that is what causes lasting freedom. All of these core values go back to one of those three things, okay? And so today we're going to dive headfirst into development because we all have good works in us for us to walk out. The scriptures are very clear in this in Ephesians chapter 2. We all have good works in us for us to walk out. But in order for us to walk out those good works, we have to be developed. So that, that brings us to the question, what is development? What is development? And according to Merriam-Webster, development is to grow or cause to grow, to become more mature, advanced, or elaborate. Right? It's, it's, it's pretty simple. Are you growing in life or not growing in life? That's how you know you're being developed. Are you the same person you were a year ago? Are you the same person you were six months ago? Are you the same person you were 30 days ago? If, that's, if you are, if you're, if you're answering that question and being like, yeah, uh, there's not much change that has happened. If there's not much change that has happened, then we need to address that. We need to address that. We need to move forward. We need to ask God, how can, how can we change? How can we be different? How can we, we experience God in a real way? So in order to kind of understand where you're at in the development process, I've come up with a couple questions to do a quick self-assessment, okay? So question number one, have you grown as a person spiritually, mentally, or physically over the last 90 days? Over the last quarter, have you grown spiritually, physically, or mentally? 
Spiritually, have you, are you doing something different? Are you closer to God than what, what you were? Are you reading your Bible on more of a regular basis? Are you worshiping God on more of a regular basis? Are you praying? Has your prayer life turned to intercession for other people? These are the marks of if you're maturing in your faith. Right? Have you grown mentally? Are you reading books that help you change how you think? Are you reading things that, that push you to, to more mature and better thinking? Are you looking at money differently? Right? Physically, this is one of the things that, that, that I am, am concerned about in my personal life. Because I, somewhere along the way, the, the habit was either created for me or I created the habit of emotional eating. When I get emotional, my first thought process is I want to soothe those emotions with food. And this is part of my development process. I have to be aggressively transparent so I can address these issues. Because I don't want my lack of growth physically to become more healthy, to hinder the purpose in me that God has for me. Because if I die prematurely because of a heart attack because I didn't take care of myself, that's on me. Anyways, question number two. Has the growth in your life been consistent or would, would the chart look more like a roller coaster? Has your growth been co a consistent climb or does it go up and down and up and down and up and down? Right? Is that your growth cycle? <coughs> In business, they call it the bell curve, or you can address it with an S-curve, right? As you go up, you reach the peak, and then you say, oh, snap, we need, to, we need to change something so we can keep growing. Are you being intentional in that change? A lot of people measure their life in highs and lows. To do this, it would look like a bell curve, the ups and the downs. See, that is a reactive lifestyle, this is a life that is led by misappropriated values. A proactive lifestyle is led by God-given values. See, Jason, he said something great in the, in the first message about um, uh, Jesus is the message. He said that a value, a value dictates how you operate. So your personal values dictate what you do day in and day out. It's not, I'm struggling to read the Bible. It's, I don't value reading the Bible, so I don't do it. Right? So a value dictates how you operate. And that's the problem with development, is development relies on your belief that you can be more than what you are. Development relies upon the belief that you can be more than what you are. But if you don't value yourself, how can you believe that? How can you believe that? See, we all have potential. We can see the potential, but the problem with potential is untapped potential is wasted. Right? I remember growing up, I played baseball and football and all these things a lot, right? My brother played a lot of baseball. He was a part of like a year-round team. He played tournament ball like all the time. I liked kind of mixing it up, so I played a bunch of different sports. But he was like baseball. That was his thing, right? And the coach would always say, you have a lot of potential. You have a lot of potential. 
I've had people in my life say, you have a lot of potential, but then they don't teach me what to do with it. And so the thing about potential is you can have a ton of potential, but if you focus on the potential, it's like wasting a dream. Potential is just a dream. It's a what if. And that's great. The dream is great. But if you don't take action towards the dream, the dream is never going to fulfill. There's never going to be the fulfillment of the dream. See, undeveloped potential will have flashes of purpose, but developed purpose will see your potential is met. Potential doesn't always fulfill purpose, but purpose always fulfills potential. So in your life, you could have the potential for generational change inside of you. But if you don't do anything with it, nothing will happen. What if you were the one to break the family curses in your life? What if you're the one that God has destined to break the generational curses that have been plaguing your family for years and years and years, but you don't do anything with it because you're scared of change? Theodore Roosevelt said it this way. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, but there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who is at who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So you have an option in your life. You have an option in your life. You can either succeed or fail forward. You can either succeed or fail forward. But being apathetic should not be an option. Being comfortable should not be an option. I, I was having a conversation with, with Brandon this past week about my, the cycle of my life, just the monotony of my schedule. It's the same thing. I can count on the same thing every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday. And I, I am not one that likes to be stuck in a pattern. Okay, it, it, it like sends me on a tailspin. I'm like, oh my, I need to do something to break this stuff up. I want to be challenged. I want, I want something different, right? And as I was saying that, like literally later that day, something challenging came and I had to have a challenging conversation where somebody was confronting me with something. And it was good because growth came out of it. It was a developmental conversation. If you are comfortable in your life, you're probably not being developed. You're probably not growing. You're probably not moving forward. See, because development means the good works in you are, are being met. That's what Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has good works 
for you to walk out. Do you believe that enough to do something about it? Are you good with the, I'm going to come to church on Sunday and then do what I want Monday through Saturday? What do you want to do about it? You want to be excellent in your job? One of our core values is is excellence is our standard. Be excellent at work. What if that's your purpose? What if God lined it all out that you're already walking out your purpose, but you can do it even better? But you wouldn't know it because you're not being developed. There are good works in us that we need to walk out. Because we've encountered the message of Jesus, we now know that, the peop- that people are the priority for us to focus on. So we need to be aggressive in our pursuit of development so we can walk in the position of the kingdom that God has for us. You have to grow so you know where God, God wants you. Paul says it like this, figure out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. It's your job to figure out the do's and the don'ts of your salvation. You have to be the one that pursues that conversation. Because Jason, myself, Deborah, the whole preaching team can preach at you till we're blue in the face, but until you make the decision, nothing's going to happen. See, we have to trust and believe that God has a plan for our lives that is greater than the monotony of the American lifestyle. Your destiny is not to work a nine to five till you die. That's not your destiny. That may be a part of it because God has positioned you in a way to where he could support you so you can walk out your purpose. That's what I'm walking through right now. I work a nine to five because I'm built for ministry. That's what I'm built for. I know through and through that 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 is what I'm built for. But I work a nine to five because that supports me to be built for ministry. See, we have a simple decision in front of us, development or apathy. Development will lead you to a place where the fulfillment in the kingdom and those around you, your value will appreciate. But apathy of indecision will cause the potential of your fulfillment to depreciate. Doing nothing causes your value to go down. Doing nothing causes your kingdom value to go down. You can't just say a quick prayer and say, Lord, I believe in you and do nothing with it. That's not part of it. Proverbs 1, 29 through 33 says it this way. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, who uh, did not, oh, goodness, did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. It's the complacency of fools that destroys them. See, when we start moving towards God, people get so discouraged because the enemy starts fighting back and they're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. I don't know what to do. It was better when I was doing nothing. Wrong. The enemy wants you to think that because it's your complacency that destroys you. See, there's three enemies of development. 
Number one, potential. I have a problem with potential. Okay, I personally have a problem with potential. Whenever somebody says, man, you have so much potential, I'm, I, oh, it gets under my skin. Because it's great that they see value in me. That's awesome. But don't talk to me about value in me unless you can pull it out of me. Like, I don't want somebody to say, man, you're awesome. You have so much potential to do this unless we can have a conversation about how they can see me walking it out. See, because the enemy of development is to focus on your potential because potential is, is, like I said earlier, it's like dreaming. It's this beautiful thought process of what if, and man, I could see this and this and this, but until you do something about it, it stays a dream. And if your potential stays a dream, it's wasted. It is wasted. Potential doesn't require change or action on your part. That's part of the problem with potential. It doesn't require change or action on your part. See, don't focus on your potential or the potential of others around you if you're not going to do anything about it. Do something about your potential. Number two, isolation. The further you are from community, the easier it is for you to fall, fall into a rut of apathy. The further you are from community, the easier it is for you to fall into a rut of apathy. See, the more you're isolated, the more likely it is that the message that God has stirred in you won't be delivered to the next generation. What if Elijah stayed into the cave? Like, what if he stayed in the cave instead of going and confronting Ahab? The nation of Israel never would have turned back to God. What if John the Baptist never went into the wilderness? That is, that is the same thing for you. When you isolate yourself and don't walk into the full purpose, your story, the, the testimony that God has put in you can't be shared with those around you and you don't know how much it's going to change the people around you. Yeah. You know, um, Jason, his, his book, Killing the Orphan Spirit, it, it, he has random people buying it. That that message that God has put in him, that he put in a paper format, is changing the world because people are able to access the content. Because he did something about it. He went through the process, then wrote the process out. What message has God put in you that he wants you to, to write out so it doesn't stay with you? See, that's, that's one of the, the differences between Elijah and Elisha is with Elijah, Elijah made sure to have an Elisha. Elisha didn't. So Elisha got Elijah's double portion, but Elisha didn't have anybody to give the double portion to. So that anointing, that, that process stopped with Elisha. What anointing and what message is stopping with you because you haven't taken the time to, one, be developed, and two, develop somebody else? Number three, delusion. This is an enemy of development, is delusion. See, because a delusional Christian does more for the, the, the enemy than he does for the kingdom. Because a delusional Christian will either think super highly of themselves or so low for themselves that they never do anything for the kingdom. 
oh, I'm too good for that church. That church doesn't do this right or this right or this right. That's just pride. Or, man, I, God, I know you really want me to do this, but I'm just going to fail. I'm, I'm so anxious. I'm so worried. I don't. And so you never get started. You have to think appropriately about yourself. See, when we, when we don't think appropriately about ourselves, that delusion will cause us to fur, fall further into apathy. Because the scariest thing about development is it's addressing past failures and current weaknesses. That's the whole point of development. You have to be real, raw, and honest with past failures and current weaknesses. Past failures identify habits and patterns and behaviors that you can address and change so you don't do that anymore. Current weaknesses might be the root cause of those things. See, this can cause us to be overwhelmed by past hurts, anxiety, and fear. And I want to say this in a loving way. See, while we're not responsible for the hurt and trauma that somebody caused, we are responsible for what we do with it. We can no longer allow the enemy to use hurt and trauma to keep us from the potential that God has for us. Stop playing the victim card. Let's get up, dust ourselves off, and move forward. See, we, we can't allow those hurts to dictate the fulfillment of God's purpose. What are you being kept from because you'd rather say, woe is me, than address something that's hard? You got to choose your pain. Jason said this a few weeks ago. You have to choose your pain. See, and so let's look at the life of David. Because David had three phases of developments in his life. Number one, the field. Number two, the cave. And number three, the throne. And in the field, David, he developed what helped him um, be able to defeat Goliath. And David, before he was anointed king, he, he spent time in the field as a shepherd. He learned to fight things that were bigger and stronger than him just with his hands and his sling. And it, it grew a foundation of belief that God is, was with him. So when he shows up on the scene to deliver cheese and bread to his brothers, and Goliath is standing there, shouting out towards the Israelites and, and cursing their God, David shows up and he's like, who's this guy? While his brothers are cowering and shaking in their armor, David, this young buck that knows no better, is like, what's up? Who? Nobody's going to say anything? Right? And then, and then it gets back to Saul that David's like, I'll fight him. Right? It gets back to Saul that David's like, I'll fight him. So Saul, what, is, what does he do? He goes, do you have any experience? And it says this in 1734 through, through 37, 1 Samuel 1734 through 37. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and, and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Your time in the field will give you the tools you need to defeat the enemies in front of you. Are you developing the time in the field? Are you pursuing after him? David would, would watch the sheep 
He wasn't mad about watching the sheep. So many of us get so upset when we're given a little assignment. Be faithful in the little. Stop trying to go from, from pew to pulpit. Just be faithful with the little thing God gave you. It's been 10 years for me, and I'm still not at the full potential of the purpose that God wants me to be in because he's developing me, and I'm okay with it. Are you okay with being developed? Be okay with the develop, the developmental process. I would rather have tough conversations now than suffer the consequences later. And see, Eliab, what's funny is before David met with Saul, Eliab, his brother, said this to David. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the king, he burned with anger and asked him, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I... I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Eliab, the brother that was, was passed over to be king because his heart wasn't right, is now saying to David, who's anointed king because his heart was after God, I know how conceited and evil you are. So there are people in your life that are going to try to steal your development. They're going to try to steal your purpose, and you can't let those voices keep you back from what God is doing. You can't. Because the, 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 next, the next test of David in the field was Saul dressed David in his own tunic, and he put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried to walk around because he was not used to them. And then David realized, I cannot go in these. Another part of the field process is you're going to figure out the tools that God gave you and you just need to walk in them. Don't try to be like anybody else. Just be who God made you to be. Just be who God made you to be. Jason is not me and I am not Jason. And that's okay. Because when we get together, we are a great team. Be a good team. Number two, the cave. This was the second part of his developmental process, the cave. After he was anointed king, Saul didn't like him. David killed Goliath and it said, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his ten thousands. David only killed Goliath, but people were like, man, he's awesome. They started singing songs about him. Yeah. And this ate at Saul, so Saul began to try to kill David. Right? And so David went on the run, and he began to live in these caves, and then it led to him bringing in men and leading men and all these things, and it developed the king in him before he was ever on the throne. And so much so to the point where David was in one cave, and they were far back in the cave, and, and, and Saul was pursuing David, and then Saul goes into the same cave to go to the bathroom, and all of David's like high, higher ups come up to him. They're like, man, this is the moment that God has given you to take over as king. Go kill Saul now. Many of us in that moment would be like, shoot, God lined this all up. He doesn't know I'm here. This is easy. But David took a second and he went and he just cooked, cut off a piece of Saul's robe. 
And he felt so bad about just touching his robe that he had to repent. Because he knew that that was not the way that God was going to put him into purpose. So sometimes a part of development is being in the cave and learning how to develop the integrity to stay in your purpose. You have to learn how to develop the integrity to stay in your purpose. But you can't do that if you're so afraid of your weakness. One of the things that I have to tell myself all the time is don't let your pride keep you from encountering your weakness. Because my pride, I'll try to, in my prideful moments, I'll try to cover weakness because I don't want people to know. But it's in my weakness that Christ is made strong. It's in my weakness that Christ is made strong. So I should be open up about my weakness. I should make my weakness some of my primary points that people see so that they can know that it's Christ in me. It has nothing to do with me. Number three, the throne. See, David, while he, when he finally got to the throne, he drifted with his pride. We all know the story of Bathsheba, right? He, he sees her on the rooftop. He says, bring her to me. And then he, try, he gets her pregnant. He tries to kill her husband. Or he tries to get her husband, her husband to sleep with her. So, so everything looks like it's natural. That doesn't happen. David kills the guy. Takes Bathsheba as his wife. They eventually have Solomon. But before that, prophet Nathan comes to David and gives him an opportunity to repent. And David, remember what he learned in the field. If I lean on God, everything's okay. And he repented. But then, after he repented, he understood that the throne was not about him. His pride had crept in. But he remembered the throne was not about him. He remembered the integrity he learned in the cave. And he was able to prepare the throne for the next generation. He was able to establish that all of his, his advisory councils and all of that, that they would know that Solomon was the next king. And he made them acknowledge Solomon as the next king. And, to, and they, he made them give Solomon the same wisdom and counsel and advice that they gave him. He prepared the throne for the next generation. So part of your development is understanding that you're being to develop so you can develop. You water so you can be watered, right? So we're at the point where we know what development can do and what the lack of initiative towards development will, will do to your developmental cycle. You have to take action to it. If you don't, you're apathetic and that's not okay. And so now I want to give you two practical points that you can do every day of your life so that you can be developed. Number one, surround yourself with people who care. Surround yourself with people who care. Find people that know God and know you, that love God and love you, and have your best interest in mind. They, they, they have to know you. It can't, I, I'm, I'm not just going to go up to somebody random and be like, hey, uh, so in my leadership, my weakness is I have a hard time with getting angry with people and thinking that they're dumb. And they're going to be like, what, who are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know you, right? So you have to find somebody that knows you, that cares about you, that when you go to them with a the hard thing, they're not going to look at you any differently. 
When Jason has to approach me about a hard thing, I know he always has my best interest at heart. I know that he never thinks any differently about me. I know that he is always pushing me to love God more, that he's pushing me to be better. I never doubt that for a second, and I have had mentors where I've doubted that the whole time, where I told them something hard and they looked at me different. That is not the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. See, these, these people that care about you, they'll push you to pursue the things that, that the enemy tells you can't be done in your life. They'll push you to pursue the generational curses being broken, even though the enemy's screaming at you, don't, you can't do it, it's not gonna happen. They'll push you to pursue that entrepreneurial like thing that you wanna do in your life, even though you think you can't do it. Because they're going to push you because they see the things in you and they want to pull the handles of potential in you to push you to what God wants to do in you. Because they believe in you. We believe in you. If you haven't heard that before, we believe in you. We believe in you, period. See, you can either surround yourself with people that are going to talk about your your potential and inflate your ego or you're going to surround yourself with people who are going to call out your purpose and have hard conversations with you. But you get to choose your pain because you can either live a life that's full of potential and ego and then on your deathbed have a bunch of regret or you can have tough conversations now and then feel the satisfaction of purpose being fulfilled. I go back to that quote from Jason during... Uh, Jesus is our message. A value dictates how you operate. What are your values? What's driving you in your operation? Do we need to address some of those values? Is that where we need to start your development pro- developmental process? Point number two, create times for development. If you're thinking through this, this sermon, man, I don't really see this in the church. I have a question for you. How involved in meetups are you? Our meetups are are where a lot of our development take place. You want freedom? Go to the freedom class. You will develop freedom in your life. You You want relationships? Go to the men's meetup or the women's meetups and you will develop relationships in your life. I love the men's group because week in and week out, people's lives are being changed. There are things that are happening where people will come in not realizing they have the potential for something and the purpose in them for something and then they start talking about it and we start pulling on some handles and they get to a place where they're like, man, I can actually do this. I can actually do this. And their dream becomes a reality that they can walk out. See, the more we find ourselves in the depths of community, we will have the the pressure of influence to move towards the goodness of God. We won't let you fall back into the things that the enemy held held you in before. We we will not let it happen. No (laughs) No matter how much it hurts. We will not let you go back to that because we believe in you and we want the best for you, and we want to make sure that you develop into everything that God has for you. 
Calvin Coolidge said this about development. All growth depends upon activity. There is no development physically or intellectually without effort, and effort means work. Are you working on your development? Are you working on it? If not, that's okay. Here's your opportunity. Here's your chance to change that. So I have a development challenge for you. I like to end everything with some sort of challenge or practical steps you can take every day to, to move forward in this. Last time it was the worship challenge. This time it's the development challenge. We're starting to see a theme, you know. It's pretty, pretty easy. You know, whatever the sermon is, it's going to be that challenge, okay? Um, so, <laughs> uh, so part one of the development challenge. Reach out to someone that knows God, knows you, that loves God, loves you, and has your best interests in mind. At least once a week, reach out to somebody. I talk to Brandon and Jason pretty much every day. It's not always about development. It's not always about growing, but it keeps the connection alive so that when, that way when a hard thing comes, I get the question, how hard can I punch you? Because sometimes it's like, if, if you aren't keeping a connection with somebody, how are they going to have the relational equity to correct something in you? You can't be mad that no correction is coming if you've isolated yourself. That's why isolation is an enemy of development. Number two, make it to a meetup with the expectation of vulnerability. If you're going to freedom class, unhinged vulnerability. Don't hide anything. Week one, I knew Jason for all of like three weeks. Come in, laid it all on the table. It's like you're either going to like me or you're not going to like me. I don't care either way. But I'm here for growth. I'm here for change. This is what I'm here for. So I'm going to aggressively pursue that no matter what you think of me. It's up to you. Stop putting the ball in other people's court. It breaks my heart that so many of you have been so stagnant for years because some pastor treated you poorly. But that can't define you. It's time to move past it. It's time to move forward. It's time to be developed into the person God created you to be. And the last thing about this challenge is how can you add value to someone every day? How can you add value to somebody, somebody today? What are you doing to add value? You, if you want to be watered, you first must water. What are you doing to add value? And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be anything like, man, I'm going to sit down and give you 10 steps on how you can succeed in life. No, like... Bro, chill. Like, just sit down with somebody and take an interest in their life. How many of you would appreciate it if somebody that you had a slight interest in just asked you a question? Man, how's life? And no matter what you said, you knew that they would be there focused on you. If that's what you want, do that for somebody else. Be that for somebody. 
So I just want to say a quick prayer and then our service lead will come up and close out service. But I hope that you understand that the process of development in your life depends on one thing, how much you pursue it. How much you pursue it. So focus on it. Move forward in it. Get after it. Stop letting the things behind you dictate the actions you're taking today. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're so good and you're so kind to us and you're so merciful to us, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as we move forward, as we encounter you, as we are changed by you, Lord, we would pursue the fullness of purpose you have in us by aggressively pursuing development day in and day out. God, because we know that there's so much more for us than what we're seeing and that you have good works in us for us to walk out. God, and I pray that you would begin to revive dreams and revive visions that you've given people in this room and that they would no longer be untapped potential, but Lord, that they would create action plans and steps that they can take to fulfill those things, God. Let the people in this place dream again with the understanding that they are going to be active towards pursuing that dream. In Jesus' name, amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.